Hemshech Chaim Beis, we're up to chapter 77, volume 1, beginning, second chapter actually of Discourse 20, Shuv Yisrael, chapter Zion. So to summarize where we're at, we're in the middle of a discussion of Adoinu Zenu. One of the five expressions, or total seven expressions, in Birchus Yetzer. And that is part of a bigger discussion of the impact of makifim, of transcendence on existence. To explain that impact of the transcendence of the, of the makifim, the ksarim, the crowns and the transcendent energies of each particular world. Because the general makifim kvalim of Tehiri Tata and Tehiri I explained earlier. The impact of the Kesar of Atzilis he also explained. That was back in chapter um, chapter 67. And then after a long summary of all those chapters, he's moved on now to explain the Ksarim of the lower levels of Bri Yitzir In general, these are called the Makifim of Naran Chai. Of Nefesh Ruch Neshama Chai Yechida. So he's turned it into five levels that the soul corresponds to the soul. It also corresponds to the four worlds plus Elam Isa'in Seif. So you have Atzilis, Bri Yitzir, and that which is higher than Atzilis. And this corresponds to the five levels of Baruch Sha'amar and corresponds to the five statements in Asher, in Birchus Yetzir, which are preceded by the first two general ones, Elakei Elam Barachamacha Rabim is essentially Atmus and Eirein Sof, and now discussing it in the microcosm of Malchus of Atzilus, the Keilam is the Keich Habeire, the Keich Shmei, that's Kolol in the Etzem, the power of the Echelis, that exists, the power of Yisavas, of creation that exists in Malchus. Then there's how it's revealed, that's Barach Mecha Arabim. We could say the first one, as he said, is rooted the way Malchus is rooted completely in Bina, completely concealed. The letters of the words of Malchus are concealed in Bina. The second level, Barach Mecharab, is the way it's already beginning to be revealed in Zah and Midis. The third level, the third step is Rachim Aleinu. That is the level of the Ratzin. That's already being expressed into some specific desire and the, the macrocosmic. Here it's called Keser Malchus, that the Keser, the Ani, which was the essence of Malchus, is radiating into Malchus and giving it the power to elevate it. So even though in Aveda we stand in a low state, the Kesa Malchus elevates us and allows us to reach upward. And that in turn gives us the power of Adenu Zenu, Aden being how Malchus has in it the power of, of Tchura, the masculine power, not as just a bas the daughter, which is just a macabre, representing the weak state of spirituality. And the divine soul is, is uh, controlled by the animal soul, and it needs Tehira to give it power. Then there's the level how Malchus is informed and powered by Bina. That's Imi, its root. And that, in this last chapter we learned, is not just that it doesn't, uh, it's not just that it's a recipient and it's weak. On the contrary, now Malchus is giving, like a mother blesses her children, it's how the Nishama's souls give power and a mashpi in the Torah. So there's how the Torah receive is, is that's how the souls receive from the Torah. That's the levels of Naran, 
Nefesh Ruch Neshama, the soul as it manifests in the body, especially in a weakened state like the state of the daughter Bas. So there, it needs it, it, the Makif, it needs the Makif, and there Malchus in its weakened state needs to have Teda to give it power to um, elevate, to ascend. But then there's Malchus in a high, heightened state, which is what he's saying is Adenu Zenu, that's not Malchus on its own, Adenu Zenu, that's being informed by Bina and by the mother. And there, the Nisham is talking about Chaya Yechida, that's higher than Naran, or Chaya, I would say the level of Chaya actually. That gives it the power to, 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 uh, to that actually gives it power to be Mashpia and, 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 and uh, transmit into the Torah. That's what he said till here. The two levels that you begin by studying are the nafsha, first in order to elevate your soul, and then you come to a point of lishma, where you are actually transmitting into the Torah. What? No, adenu zenu, adenu zenu. No, no, no. Rachem is what he called. And that in turn, that's, that turn gives, that's like, uh, yeah, that in turn gives the power of Adenu Zenu. Adenu Zenu is the strength, Oiz. But he said, like in the, cha- in the last chapter, chapter 75, Aden is how Malchus is when it has Simonit Chura. That's how he c- concluded here. That is the level of Bina, Prince Ahmed Chura. Okay, no, we're going to go further. He's going to go further. One second. Now, I want to just say one th- interesting thing. Now, this really comes to... Now, we understand why he brought that Biyuri Hazair back in chapter 74. Remember, he, I was asking that. I mean, we came to some clarity, but real clarity. He's, he started saying, these two levels, Malchus, the way Shmuel, Shmuel Shekol, and the way the Shmuel is revealed. In other words, the Kayach Atzimus and then there's... Racham Aleinu, he says, Yeshlemer, that the first level is like the Eishet Psiel of Bar. When we spoke about Malchus, the Psiel of Azeh, the Malchus is like the the little smidgen, the leg, the bottom of the leg, left leg of the hay, the hay law, which is Bina. So in, in the mother's womb, you already begin to have the emergence. Something is there. That's Malchus. But it's completely concealed. Like he says this, like the letters of words, the way it's being developed in the source, so you don't see any letters. He actually says there, it can take you months to express something in words, in Malchus, that there is just, all, all it is is this, but, it's, but it begins, the shift begins in that little, what we call it, that little uh, leg, the, the twist, the psia, the little move, that move, for, outward, one one step forward, like. But it's all, he calls it machshav seichel, in bina. And then he says, v'yashlemer, the next level, Okay. Right? That is, that's all Rachamel Charabim. Then he continues, Rachamelainu's Keser. Now, if you, based on what he's saying now, that Adenu Zenu is how Malchus is influenced by Bina, basically, going back to the Bureau of that's the point. In the level of Barachamecha Harabim, the second level, there Malchus is in its root, it's not yet emerged. So it's in its root. Here he's talking, Adenu Zenu is how Bina is actually now Imi, influencing Malchus to have, in a, in, in a revealed way, the power of Hashpah. So I'm just comparing it, basically. So essentially, 
if Brachmecha uh, Rabim is the way Melchus is rooted in Bina, Rachem Aleinu is the way he says, um, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's Adena, that's El Ke'elam. El Ke'elam is how Malchus is rooted in Bina. The second level, Rachemecha uh, Rabim, is how Malchus is rooted in Zoh. That's what he says, yeah? Yeah. El Ke'elam is the highest level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why Malchus is rooted in Bina? Isn't that the highest power? That's what I said, but he said, Yeshlem, look, read, read the top of Kuflam Atas. As I explained then, he's, he's talking how it's on a lower level, but it's the same, you know, he's just explaining it on a lower level. Because remember, it stems much more with what we're discussing now. Remember, the whole thing, he's bringing it down from the highest levels of Atmos into the microcosm of Malchus. So generally speaking, yes, Malchus is rooted, the Kayach Yisavus is rooted there. Then there's how it's the Shmoy comes out and there's a certain expression of it. Then he says, Yesh Lamed, look, look, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm Yes, Lamer, clearly he's bringing it down to the next. He's saying, now he's only saying, that's what I, that's what I had asked. But Masoni is talking to Tambina. Because the same idea, remember, doesn't, the Tefillah doesn't say it's, Atmos doesn't say it's Atmos, all levels he's explaining. He's basically, the, the beauty of it is explaining it even more in the microcosm, that if you dissect Malchus even further, even the way it's in Atsilus, it has Bina, is Al-Derech, and al Elam. And, uh, and Zah is he's shifting, yeah, for sure, for sure. He's, right, exactly. Because he's, he wants to explain it in Malchus, because he wants to really ultimately bring it down into Aravada. You speak in Atmos, it's too far, too beyond us. So in the root, it all began. The first interpreter, remember, before even Malchus, the whole thing was lifting out Simpson. Now he brought it down to Malchus of Atzilus. Now he's going further, bringing it into how it's related to Bina. And here you have so Malchus is born in Bina. That's its mother. Then it goes through Midas. That's El Kalim. Then it goes through Midas, and that's Berachemecha Harabim. Then becomes Kesa Malchus, Rachem Aleinu. That's how Malchus is being informed, like he said, Remus Hateva. The Ani is impacting the Ayin. Then comes Adenu Zenu, which is where we're at now. What's Adenu Zenu? Now it gets like this. The revelation first, on the lower level, Bas, is weak. Adenu Zenu is the Bina, where it rooted? Malchus has now become like Ime Kibita, Bita Kima. That's what I would say is a level. Yeah, exactly. Exactly correct. So Malchus is now matured to the point that is, and that's what he's saying here. That's the power that is actually Mashpia now. So in other words, if you begin... That's really Barachamachalabi. That's where it's rooted. That's before it's born. That's in its mother's womb. Malchus is in its mother's womb in Barachamachalabi. There's only a psia there, psia levad. In Zah, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry, you're right. Rachmecharab is Zah, but it's still, it's it's still not, a, it's not, it's not even born yet. It's like you could say, it just yeah, yeah. In Zah, it's already emerging, but it's still in Malchus. It's still in Zah. It's still in Midas. Then comes Malchus. It goes like this. Look, look. Let let let's take away the words. Let's talk the example in Aveda. Okay, we're talking. So I think that this also will explain the higher levels, the lower levels. In the general picture, everything is rooted in Atmos. That's for sure. Or rooted not as a root, but sourced. Atmos then chose to create a structure. To do so, it had to conceal the presence. Then let's go to the end process. What's the end in mind? Remember, Malchus is the end in mind. The end in mind is an existence. We have a reality like ours. 
If you trace it all the way to the root, we've talked about that. Now, this reality now is, is, is in its early stages, it's completely in its most diminished form. It needs to begin to climb, to ascend. It's a slow process. So Malchus is true. The purpose is safe So Malchus is the purpose. So for practical purposes, Malchus is really a marshal for Knesset Yisrael, meaning for souls on earth, for the end of the process. Just, just for all practical purposes, call Malchus the end of the process. If the root, it is, it is wedged. The beginning is wedged in it. The kavana is specifically here. But in Revelation, it's lower than all than everything. It's lower than Chachma, Bina, and so on. This world is the lowest of all the worlds. Now, that clear? Now, there's a process how it comes into being and then how it returns. How, how Doesn't matter. I just told you, Malchus used Malchus as a marshal for everything, for existence. For all practical purposes, Malchus is existence. He calls it Seifan. So yes, it's an Atzilus specifically, but Malchus is audits. For all practical purposes, Malchus is the lowest of levels right now. Huh? It doesn't matter, but he's not talking lower than Malchus. There's nothing lower than Malchus here. Malchus is the lowest level. He calls it Seifan. So practical purposes, Malchus is here the lowest level compared to everything above it. It all comes down to, remember, Malchus is also manifest when we say That's Malchus. So bottom line is Malchus is also this earth, is also called Malchus. That's why the earth gives, uh, gives birth to vegetation. So Malchus, yes, specifically it's Malchus Datsilus, but for a practical purpose, it's Malchus the lowest level. Now, in the lowest level, Malchus is, begins, and its emergence, it's like a fetus. Where is it rooted? Just like the whole existence, we said, begins with Atzimus, which is beyond everything. Everything is created by Atzimus. So Rechamech HaRabim is the general Eden Sof. That air there is the, arose a desire. I'm speaking now the the higher level. We spoke the macrocosm, a desire for existence. That desire in turn shir atzmi bekeach. He envisioned it. That's adenu zenu. Then came a tzimtzum, and after the tzimtzum came three more levels. Tzum is gevenu ak. Okay. Then akudim is already a container. That's mogin yishenu. Then comes. Uh, then comes Mizga uh, Vadenu, that's Natsilus. So where we, what do we have there? We have all five steps of the process of how existence comes into being. Their existence is Natsilus in general. Now take the same picture, and you have it now, Malchus also works that same way. It also goes through. Huh? Same picture, condensed in Malchus. And if you want to go further, let's use the Moshul. I'm going to use the Moshul before I go to Malchus. A Moshul of how we human beings emerge. We don't just pop into the world. You have a father and a mother. Abba Then you have Zah, Midas. And then you have the emergence of the child. And then you have the process how the child matures and climbs the ladder back, retraces the steps. So, bottom line, this process, this five-step process exists wherever you turn, you're going to find these five steps. He's not spelling it out in all the levels, but he's giving us enough here that you can find it everywhere. So I'm sure you could also find it in literally how a child develops in his mother's womb. Because, for example, in Gemara it says there's three stages. There's the first three months, the tr- as they say, the first trimester, the middle trimester, and the final trimester. And there's changes in development. 
In the beginning, it's completely, like you said, only like a step. Then you see the development. And, and they, medically, we know today when different parts of the body of the child develop. And then it's ready to emerge. So now let's take it back to Malchus. Just like all of existence is rooted in Atmos and Eir and Rotsen and Shir Atzmi Bekeach and then Ak, Akudim, Tilatzilis. Same thing with Malchus. Where did Malchus originate from? Elikeyelo. In general, that means the Keyach Eisavos, the Keyach Atmos. The second level is Berachemecha Rabim, the Gili of that. Similar to the Erenso. But specifically, if you want to break it down now, give me the, the names for it. So he says, Malchus originates in Bina. That's, its, uh, that's, that's where the womb is. So the womb here is Elikei Elam for all practical purposes. Okay? There, there's already, as he says, a Psiya Levad, Levad. So there's the beginning. That's, where, that's Malchus. Okay. Level 2 is the way Malchus now develops in Zoh. You could probably say it's like the fetus is now already developing a heart and a brain and developing, but it's still Uber Yerachime. It's still part of its mother's womb. But now you have a development. I'm just I'm not I'm, I'm not saying what level exactly because he doesn't spell it out. That's Zoh. That's Barachamecha Harabim. Step three is Rachem Elenu. Now we're already identifying with an entity, Elenu. Like we said, like there's a Rotson for existence. I don't know, not necessarily. I wouldn't say that. I don't know which is which trimester. It doesn't say it. And for sure, even even there's there's something. That he's in the mother's womb, right? Well, that's in all stages until birth. Oh, where does the birth take place? So no, Zoh is not a birth yet. No, 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 no. The third level is probably where you begin the Rotson. Is where there begins a. Uh, the, uh, is, is, it's still not outside. Uh, I don't know about outside the mother's womb because he doesn't say that, so I don't want to so speculate. Would say all five would be in the womb? No, no okay. for sure not. Would be to follow your I don't know if the muscle fits in every in every step because he doesn't use that muscle completely. I would say probably. Let me. I have to think it through. Because once you say BT. No, fine, fine, fine. But. but, but well, listen. Um, bottom line is that stage three is Rachem Aleinu. What this is already where he says Keser Malchus. Now, remember, you have to understand. He's combining here. I said this the other day. He's combining the development of Malchus and Zaveda. So it's very difficult. You're not going to be able to find a place because he's already right away moving here in Zaveda already. In level, because all of this is us davening. You could even say Elam is there's already a Malchus. But 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 you're thinking about how Malchus is rooted. In other words, all five levels are after the child is born. I could tell you that right now. He's not speaking about the development of it. Because he's speaking of us us saying Elam. Someone's saying Elam here. We're davening. So you're speaking about your Malchus, yourself, as it's rooted in that place before you uh, before you emerged. That's how I would really put it. If you really ask me. Then comes stage two is how it's in Zoh. Okay? It's already some revelation. Let me just, just spell it all out. Then comes Racham Elenu. Here you have Keser Malchus, as he calls it. Racham Elenu is Makiv the Yechida. Keser Malchus the Yechida. This is how the, uh, the Makiv, the transcendent, is having an impact on 
the minimal, the diminished state of Malchus. This is a diminished state. It senses distance and all that. And has Rachmanus, Racham Aleinu. So here you are at the beginning of your Aveda. In other words, all this is levels of Aveda. So now Racham Aleinu is already, there's a relationship. Elikeilim is acknowledging that there's the God that put us here, that's beyond everything. It's like a form of complete... Take your mashal over when it's born. It's very, it's very, it's in a very diminished state, very helpless, very vulnerable. And Racham Aleinu, that's the mother right away... No, uh, but it's not a mother yet. It's not. The, we're talking about him being the mother. No, no, no. That's no, 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 no. I would say, simply put, when you're davening, you're speaking to God, and you're going back from the source. You're and saying, I originate. Source. Let me finish saying it. You know, you. Uh, um, no, the mother's not the source. Malchus becomes the mother. So that's not a good. Uh, it confuses matters. You start saying that. Yeah, Bina is the mother. It's correct. Bina is the mother. That's correct. But we're talking about the, we're talking about you becoming the the, uh, the mother, or the, you're talking about God. You, you confuse it if you start saying that. Let, let me spell it out. I'm saying like this: You're sitting in davening. You're saying Eleke elam. So we spoke in the higher levels. Eleke elam is how you how Malchus is rooted in the essence. That's how it begins. In this case, it's bina. It's like the letters are rooted in the bina. There's a psila bar. That's it. There's the next stage where there's already some revelation, but it's in very general sense. Something has emerged, but you can't yet define anything. Then comes the third level. Racham Aleinu, where you're saying, you, Hashem, that transcendent level of Keser should, um, is, uh, should have compassion on us. And that immediately brings Adenu Zenu. That, uh, he says, This brings Makiv Dechaya, the mark of the Yechida, that, that you should feel that because of your shiflus and your, your lowliness and distance, so the energy can't come into an imminent way. So you're saying, give it to me in a mark of Dika way. That's a Deinu Zeinu. To explain, to explain, so that's mark of the Chayin. To explain that, he went into a whole discussion. So this level itself, now we're focusing on a Deinu Zeinu, is the beginning of the maturity of Malchus. So first it begins saying Racham Aleinu. Right? But now it's become an Adenu Zenu. Adenu Zenu means it's internalizing. So he explains that this process here is how Bas goes into Ima. So first, like Bitokima. You say Ima Bitokima. So it begins with a, a very low state. First it needs to have Teda, it needs to have, it's like a child that's just born that needs to receive. Then it reaches Adenu Zenu, it's reached a state where it has the, it's the level of Bina, the, the level of Tchura, the strength of maturity, spiritual maturity, that not only doesn't receive its mashpia actually. That's essentially what he's saying here. I was explaining it in the context. So it began and rooted in Bina, but then it wasn't even yet a Malchus to talk about. There it's talking about how it's in its source. It's almost like a meditation how we as, as adults were once in our mother's womb. In this case, in God's womb, if you want to put it. Malchus in God's womb is Bina. Then there's some revelation how from the womb, from Bina comes Midis Zoh. Then there's how that level, Keser Malchus, or maybe even higher than Bina, whatever, Keser Malchus impacts Malchus and elevates it. And then is how it actually matures it, so Malchus becomes Adain Ruzainu, the level of Adain, and that's its own. That's the power that it's reached, the level of bina. That's essentially what he's saying here. 
So I'm saying he's combining it in Aveda. See, when we spoke in the macrocosm of Lifnet Simpson, he didn't talk in Aveda. He just spoke about, I mean, he spoke a little about the impact it has on us. Here he's bringing it out much more into a specific area here. That's how I would uh, explain this. Okay. This is chapter, where we're up to chapter 76. I do want to stop one thing. I want to go back for a moment. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that, what we learned was, we learned until here, chapter 76. I wanted to refer to something. You remember we learned the chapter that I've been recently going back on, and it's completely understood now. Back in chapter Samach, 60, he spoke about Ak, Ak's impact. Remember there was the whole, we went through that chapter twice, how Yudhiya, does God's knowledge affect existence or doesn't affect existence? And we had this whole, how we read the, those lines there. So basically, once we read where we are now, it's, it's completely clear, much clearer. Then it was not so clear. So middle of page, Kufi Gimel 113, he said there, we're speaking that Ak impacts all of existence, but it's not without, but doesn't, but we don't feel it. That's why there's Pechira. Because it's in a form of makif and removed. But then comes the question, God creates. His knowledge creates. So then first he spoke, that's on, on the divine level, it doesn't impact us. But then he says, yeah. then he goes on from the Tanya, he says, God's knowing does create. So he says, That's only after a desire to create. Like he says there. Remember we were, we were struggling with those lines. We were struggling because we hadn't learned everything he said afterwards, that there's two levels. Now you read it, it's very clear. There's a level before he desires, and there's a level of this. So there's a... That's when his knowledge and his desire affects existence. But there's a level of Ratzim Yediyah before it actually creates. And from that knowledge, they weren't created. Why? Just like his omnipotent power, is that his idea. We, when we know something, it doesn't create. By God, he knows it creates. On the higher level, before it... it, it, it Arose in desire. Nevertheless, it should not create. He answers the question that we always were bothered by. Remember, he kept saying, well, he kept saying, one second, so what's going on before God desires existence? We're talking the level of Rachamecha uh, Harabim, not Rachameleinu. What happens there? So we said it's Eirein Sof, but, 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 but one second, the same God wants to create. No, but of course he can create with Eirein Sof, but he doesn't want to create with that. So the same Kol Yochel that later Rotson creates, the same Kol Yochel, he can have a level that doesn't create. That's the point. Which, of course, the real explanation is because he wants the levels that we should be able to relate to and climb. But the bottom line is, in other words, alien self emerges, hypothetically, creation should emerge. No, but he's holding that back. 
I'm just saying these lines are far more understood now than when we read them. Since this idea is completely separate, that's the point. It has no relationship with existence. Remember, I kept saying, I keep saying, Rotzen the Savas. What means Rotzen? It means that he wants a relationship. There's a something commensurate. Of course, before he Rotzen, he also wants existence. But there, it's about Atmos. It's not about a dimension that we can hold on to. There's no uh, handle, so to speak. And then he goes on, how it's not machrich al bechira. Okay, very good. Anyway, the point I'm going back here, yeah. That's also correct, but it's all you know relative. But the rotsin already begins a relationship. Yeah, the, the rotsin also doesn't have an impact. That's a yeah. <coughs> Okay, so let's go to chapter 77. The reason I'm saying it all because it's so fascinating how he's going in such detail here, but you don't want to lose sight of the big picture. The truth is, the bottom line is, that he's bottomless of Elam, when you think about it, you're really talking about the macrocosm, but you're talking about an Ayurveda, if you want to bring it down to a person and say, tell me in my terms, it, this, this is where we are right now. I mean, it's actually, if you really... Connect the dots. It's, it's it's unbelievable. What he's saying basically is that when you feel distant from God, you're beginning to turn to Him. There's levels. There's five or seven levels of how you connect. You go back to the source, which is beyond existence. Then there's the first revelation. There's like that's in Bina. So think about it. If the meditation would be yes, going back to the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb. Seven step yeah, the moment you were conceived. Then there's a beginning to reveal. Then it's beginning to impact you. That's the, the bitl, the remusateva. That's the, the rachmalenu. And that denuzenu matures you. That's what we're talking about here. So bas has now become imi. And now we continue chapter 77. Huh? That's the way I would... That's, there's a conception, there's the growth and development in the womb. There's the birth, and then there's the maturing. I wouldn't say that. It's, it's all a meditation. You, no, you are existent. You're meditating on your source. Yeah. Of how you got from, from there to here. You're going, that's my point. This isn't, he's not talking the process of how it happens. He's talking about how you meditate on the process. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Because it is a thriller, remember, at the end of the day. Yeah. Adenu Zenu is a boss having the power of, of the image. Yeah. For sure. Aden, he said, Aden is, he says, Malchus Kishiyeshli Siman Itchura. That's the meditation. That's what he said. That's, I'm just using the words that he said. And there's all explanation how that. So this is the microcosm, you hear? This is the microcosm. How Shir Asmebikayach is impacted by the Ratzin and the higher levels. So if you want to think about it, this is this is no question. He's giving us, the Rebbe Rashab is giving us. That high lofty level that we said we can't really understand because before the symptom, he's giving it to us in a microcosm in Malchus in Araveda. That's essentially the maturity. In other words, what, what, what does Shirat Mebikeyach do? Yeah, but it's, but it's a mature Malchus because it's informed by 
by the, the Ratzon. So it's it's what, like we said from the Shari Tshuva. Leida Mashel Yesh So now you have a state where Malchus is not just a weak little creature waiting to receive and power. It is informed by Bina. Or in the Aces there, Shiasmavikeh is informed by the Ratzon. So you have Esses Firis Agnusus, very powerful Esses Firis Agnusus. Correct, it's Malchus Dein safe like that, as, as it is uh, informed by the higher levels. And it has a state of maturity to the point that it could be Mashpia. So you do have, yeah, that's no question about him. He doesn't say it specifically, but the correlation to the, to the, the previous explanation to this one makes it very clear. Okay. In general, Malchus has bit which level you're talking about. Malchus in its infancy is like that, but Malchus in its uh, full glory, remember, remember Malchus even in its infancy is rooted, that's the purpose. Yeah. This is chapter 77, page 143. So that's the level of Imi he spoke about. Now he's saying, actually, now I jumped the gun. I think he's going to say now what we said, but okay, it doesn't matter. Because it seemed to me that's where he's going. Because the truth is, in chapter Ayin Hei, he spoke about Bas. Hamalchus in the state of Bas. Chapter 76, he spoke about the, the level of Imi. Now he's connecting the two. So what we discussed is a little is a good preparation to what we're going to learn now. Because he didn't say that in the last chapter. The last chapter, he just said, there's two levels. The Shem is how they're bas, is how they're lower than Teda, and they need Teda. And the Shem is how they're higher than Naran. They must be in Teda like the Im. Now he's saying, At times, you have a reflection that is transmitted from Bina to Malchus. This is, by the way, all based on the Eira Teira I mentioned, Eira Teira Siddur, in explaining Adenu Zenu. There it's much shorter. It's maybe half a page. And here, so far, we have three chapters. Okay. So sometimes, from Bina to Malchus, like it says in Zeir Chedekalav, Dav Bez Amadalav, that's brought all in Eira Teira there. V'ima Zifas Labarto Mano Imo, that's Bina, the mother. Uzifas Labarta. Uzifas means uh, not not dresses up. Um, what is Uzifas? Uzifis. Uzifas. From Russian. It's definitely something connected like dressing up or ornaments or some type of uh, beautifying, maybe beautifying. Adornments, ornaments, whatever. Uzifus Labarta, so the mother of this this child. Barta is always Abba Yosad Barta. He said that before, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I'm just. He said the expression Barta. What did he say? But by Abba, where was that expression? No, no, I know, I know. What's it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, what's it? Before I go there, hold on one second. Please give me a second. Where did he say it? Probably I and Hay. I just want to just. Yeah, there's an apprentice somewhere. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. But Gam Dabi Yosef Barata. The beginning of seventy-five. Has the Rabbi Kinsi said that some Shoshim Kins Abba was Gazman Kabbalah from Bina Vizah. Okay, Bina and Zah. Fine. Yeah, look, this is Kabbalistic. You have to remember the, revo- the evolution of Malchus from Bina and Zah is really, in Kabbalistic terms, the evolution of an entity. Because at the end of the day, remember, Malchus, we're going to learn, is creating Biyah. But it's in, in, micro, in, in Atzillus itself, Malchus represents the, the birth of a child that is in, that's informed by the higher levels. Okay, so now he says like this. Ima uzifus labarta. Mano, a garment. The kishita slumbi kishuta. And it adorns it with, this is ornaments. Kishutin. So what's Uzifas? Probably beautifies or something like that. Okay. Veda ikre adain. And veda, and this is called adain. Kumaida merinan. When this Malchus is being beautified by its mother. He didn't finish it, he's going to explain. Yeah. Kumaida merinan, hine. And this is what it says. Here's the Arden Habris, the Ark of the Covenant. The ruler, the master of the entire earth. So he's explaining that. That's Ima, Labarta. That means that through the transmission of Bina to Malchus, Nikra Malchus, Gamkin Arden, Loshan Tchar. Also, Malchus becomes called Odin, the master, the Har, in the masculine. What he said earlier, yes, exactly right. But this is direct. What does Zah have to do with this? That's what I mean. Why, 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 why are you mentioning Zah? Zah was not mentioned in the previous chapter. Mm-hmm. Benefesh, what is it? Benefesh, meaning in our soul, what is the meaning? This is when. There's a transmission of uh, energy from the root and source of the soul, which is called Mazel Bina, the Pchinus Anesham, Ambalabeshes Beguf, to the soul as it manifests in the body. Like the thoughts of Shuvah that fall to a person, spontaneous thoughts of Shuvah that fall into our minds. Where does that come from? That comes from Mazel Chazi. It's your Mazel sees something, senses something. The mazel sees, senses, the the, the, the calls, the so-called the, the cruz, the announcements, the declarations, the cruzim alienim. You know, every day we the Mishnah says every day a voice comes out from heaven. To tshuva and the other different expressions, so the soul senses it, but we don't see it because it's beyond us. So the mazel, our mazel senses it. They awaken to tshuva, like the Balshamtiv says. What's the point of every day a voice goes out calling people to tshuva? Is because the neshama senses it. She so says he's saying that's the effect of bina on malchus. Malchus is how the neshama is inside the body, and when it, and, and at times it receives a message, it receives a uh, a transmission from a place beyond, beyond, above, which is bina, and that causes those to tshuva. V'zel b'derek klal. This is in general. 
That this is a reflection from the root of the soul into the soul as it manifests in the body. Interestingly, this is very reminiscent to the effect of Kesar of Atzillus on us. Remember he said, what is the effect of the Makiv of Atzillus? One of the things was back in the, that chapter that I referred to earlier. That was chapter uh, 67. At the, bot- the bottom of one page 125, that's exactly what he said. That the Makif causes is called Mazel. And that affects those the Khruzim that we that, that we just mentioned. He says that back at the bottom of page 125. Okay? Just referring to that. So this is in general. Habina impacts Malchus. However, we can say It's an omnum. This is, in other words, a type of qualification. We can say that this is the in of Bukashtem Misham. Bukashtem Misham is an expression in the Torah that says, Bukashtem, I will uh, request of you, I will bring you from there. Actually, Bukashtem Misham means I will, literally means, and I will request you from there. What it means is that God releases us, frees us from somewhere. Bekashtim Misham. What is it? The The meaning Bakosha, Bakosha usually means request. I ask something, I'm a vakish, I ask something, I request something, I implore. She says it's Loshan Bakosha, request, Vikhipush, and search. So Bakashtim there is not just requesting, it's also like a seeking out, a searching. And there's no seeking or searching, only something that was lost. That means something that was lost in him in a state of displacement, state of exile. So what's Bekashtim Misham referring to? And that is the spark of the divine spark, inside the spirit. And in the faculties of the divine soul, which are lost, God forbid, God portend, portend, forfend, God forbid, in the coarseness, the crassness of the animal soul. And they get spread out and fragmented. Like uh, scattered, scattered and fragmented. Mo'id, very much so. In the intensity, in the pure, sheer uh, uh, quality, quantity of thought, speech, and action that are not directed to God. The head was You want to cry or not? Okay. Let me know when you're ready. Wow. Okay. So, just to sum up, just to make sure we have the flow going on here, he established that at times Bina speaks to Malchus. This is a transmission. And that expresses itself, he says, like in Avedin Hirhuri Chuva. When the soul senses something, we don't sense it consciously, but you sense it in awakening. You suddenly feel pangs of regret, guilt. We don't believe in Jewish guilt. You begin to cry out of nowhere. 
But that Chal, he causes the heart from the root of the soul to the soul. This is a reflection. He's explaining this is the this is the meaning of the Zayah, that the mother, Eusephus could be compassion, maybe, that has compassion to his daughter. There's a, slipping me in. There's a few places in Zayah, Eusephus, Shefastoni, that's a different, that's where it blocks, that's more, that it darkens. Shezaftoni. That's Zayim Pei. This is, it's not the same meaning, because he's definitely positive. Okay, we have to look up Eusephus, whatever. But bottom line is that the mother is, is, is basically, she's dressing, more than dressing, she's, uh, what do you call it? When you dress someone beautifully, you're uh, dressing up. When you dress for a wedding, what is that called? Uh, no, there's a. Let's get. Beautification. Okay, but this beautification in Aveda is calling it and gets it to the level of Odin. So this is Aveda, how the Bina affects this. So he's saying now this is Omni Mishlemer. Ah, clearly he's going down a level now. That this is Ubekashta Misham. So he explains so far, Bakosha is meaning, meaning searching. You only search something that's lost. What's lost? The spark, the divine spark, and the divine and the and the and the, and the nefesh. Who's searching? It looks like God. Um, so this divine spark in the soul and in the faculties of the divine soul are, are lost and scattered and fragmented due to the many thoughts, speech, and action that are not directed to God. Bekashtim Misham is a Pasuk where? Which parish is it? Is it in the Tzavim? Yeah. Where it talks about the Nedach and the Ch- yeah. yeah, yeah, that Pasuk. Uh, where it talks about uh, that he'll be in the Nedachacha. Right? Atom Tluk Tluachad Echad, Rashi brings there, right? That, that, that Pasuk. No? Anyway, Valzeim or Misham, and now this says Bekashtim Misham, and I will seek you out from there. Which which one is this? What does it say? What is it? What do you read? Read it. No, the one Bekashtim Misham. You see it? Okay, Valzeim Bekashtim Misham, and this is when he seeks you out from there. Misham, Shechapish b'Mokem Aveda. That means they will go look Misham. will go where where it was lost. He'll go look the place where the the item was lost. Seek out, search out our ways. That you should um, introspectively fashvish means to inspect. You have a better translation for Yifashvish? Yifashvish, to inspect, to uh, deeply inspect, Yifashvish, to more than Yifashvish. It means to like, to means examine in detail. To examine and inspect in your actions, in your words, and in your thoughts. All those actions, words, and thoughts that have passed and that from the day you began, from the day you were born, all the days that have passed and and cholfu uh, and have left behind. So you're reviewing. that he should 
you should examine, inspect all those things from all those days that have passed from the time you began, that were not good. And through this his soul becomes bittered, embittered, very embittered. From his essential distance, from his extreme distance. And he cries out to Hashem due to his constrained state, because it's sketched him. Because it's uh, it's uh, oppressing him, it's pressuring him. It's right. Like we say, from my constraints, from my straits, from my dire straits. Karasi, I called out. Because of this constrained state, because of this dire strait, and the pain, from the awesome distance. He calls out, he calls out from the depths of his inner soul. With a desire and a very deep thirst. You can imagine the Rebbe saying this, yeah? Or not? These words. Line after line. He's describing now this calling out, this cry, where is it coming from? It's in the chelik anasham, it's the part of the soul that manifests in the body. Because see, that's, that is the part that is lost, God forbid, in the animal soul. We're not talking about the higher levels. So bottom line is, he just described, in a few lines here, this whole idea of the crying out of a lost soul. This is a lost soul. Kapshut, they lost. And do it through the fact that he's from those that make a cheshbon, introspection, and accounting. Mara the cheshbon, Mara usually is like a baal. Baal cheshbon, Mara means like the owner of a cheshbon, means the. Yeah, the accounting. And through the fact that he's from the, those that make such an accounting in the details of his thought, speech, and action that are not appropriate. Through this accounting, he cries out with the bitterness of his heart, of his soul. Through this cry, he leaves. He uh, he's able to free himself, release, escape. From the gollus, from the displacement of the animal of the animal soul, and he also impacts the animal soul that it should be transformed, that its coarse and gross heart should be transformed to godliness, to the divine. The lefisha because earlier. Because in the beginning it was manifest and concealed in the animal soul, mismarred meres, would say ekes me and it's and it and it's and it's and it's embittered and cries out from the depths of its heart. This cry, this bitterness, affects and impacts also the the animal soul. It should be transformed. So number one, 
is the cry. Bottom line is the distance, the gollus, the displacement, the sham, feeling lost, is what brings out the crying. And that in turn impacts the, the, the animal soul. And specifically. No, no, I know in the Kutte Tera, in the Kutte Tera Netzavim, I think he brings a Bakash to Misham. I remember there's a whole period in that. Okay, and we'll get to that. Okay. Befrat Kashatzaki Manev Shabbat Mesatzme, specifically when the crying comes from the animal soul itself. Here, he said the Tzaika came from the Chelek and the Shama. The, the the divine soul that is manifest that's in Golos. Especially if this cry comes from the animal soul itself. The animal soul cries out for, because of its distance. This I'm not sure what this means. Okay, I guess I guess the animal soul itself gets disgusted with itself, is what he's trying to say. Like that. Right? So also this also comes from the effect of the animal soul. So Tsar, he also becomes not only the divine soul, the animal soul also becomes Tsar. Feels constricted, feels uh, constrained, feels in dire straits. Minyon of Achumrim from his coarse involvements. Vahabamim, an animal. Right, animalistic uh, inclinations. Umerichuke melakus, and from his distance from godliness, from the divine. Vitseik baman nafshi, and cries the bitterness of his soul, of his spirit. Vahasiman alzeh. And the sign of this is Kasher Hamiridus Haubalev Nishbar Biyaser. I guess the simon that is coming from the animal soul is when the, the bitterness is coming from an increased state of a broken heart. Just like someone who's fatalistic, who doesn't feel there's any hope. He has no consolation, no. Um, Nothing appeases him. Nothing in his soul can appease him. Like someone who sees something that's not good. And doesn't see any hope. He doesn't see any solution. So his spirit in him becomes completely broken. Oh man. He's really uh, laying it on here. Similarly, is also the broken heart of the animal soul. Three or one, they say in the bottom. What's the simen? Obviously, because an animal, a divine soul, will cry of its distance, but it's not going to become a yush. And a divine soul, because it's divine, doesn't have the element of fatalism. It doesn't see hopelessness. It sees pain. I'm in Golis here. But it's, it's a divine. When you see a broken heart to the point, he's saying that even the negative thing that we call fatalism, we call resignation, yish, which we know is not a healthy thing, that's a sign that's coming from Nefesh Because Nefesh is, is a weak animal and doesn't, doesn't see hope. So that's a sign that's coming from there. So he's saying, yeah. through this broken heart that it feels no hope, 
Bottom line, when you hit rock bottom, as they say in the 12 steps, when you hit rock bottom and you feel there's literally no hope, you know, I've heard this from many people, addicts, with the thing that turns them around, they call it rock bottom. What's rock bottom? They try everything, then they make excuses, and they say, I'm never going to do it again. And then at some point, if you're an honest person, you say, what's Haxton Cup? You're doing exactly the same thing. You're caught. You're still stealing. You're still doing this. I'm destroying my family. You know, people are real addicts. That's what they'll say. They'll say, it came a point where I literally was hopeless. Impossible. And that becomes the beginning of the hope. Beginning of the change. Because they acknowledge that they're not in their own control anymore. Because you keep convincing yourself, you know, I could, I could stop it. I have this. I'll lose. I'll lose. So there's an element that happens, he says, in the total breaking that turns it around. And this itself, because it's because he has no hope, that's where you know you realize that this is really bad. I read David Carr, he's a writer in the New York Times. He wrote a book, one of the most raw, naked, like you know, the very raw book. He was a cocaine addict. You know, the worst possible way. And then he fell in love with his girlfriend, they got married, two children. He still stayed on the cocaine. He writes the moment when it changed, his life changed. One day his wife went home, went away, and he needed his thing. You know, he used, to, he used to constantly get off and on, you know. He's always doing tshuva, but he's always going back. He says, once is this, he had this thing. He said, he took his two kids, it was a cold, cold winter day, put them in the car. He drove to a crack house. He was so desperate, you know, but he took them along. He's a responsible father, so to speak. He went into the crack house. He left them in the car, in the back seat. He put on the heater. He went in for his thing. But you know, crack is it. Just like his obsession to do it. And he had his high. And then he suddenly remembered that there's kids are out there. Who knows how long. He comes out. Thank God they were all right. But that's when it hit him. He said, what's the matter with me? You know, his own children. So that, and he became, he's now a very, he's a very popular New York Times business writer, David Carr, but he wrote this book. I forgot the name of the book. This section that makes you like, you go out, the way he writes it, when he comes out of the car, he says the windows were all steamed up. He says, and he doesn't even know, he doesn't even know how long it was. An hour, two hours, five hours, because he's a completely in a different world. He comes and sees the car, he sees them both there. He sees their breathing, you know, he was like relieved. But then that was it. He realized it's completely out of control. Because he thought he's in control. He's driving them. He's this. He's going to come out. You know, so delusional. And uh, I'm just, you know, but you, you hear this a lot. I mean, I, I never heard it described quite. Bechsidis here. The Rebbe Rashab is really going. Uh, and this is the Chon. We're not talking about drugs here. We're talking here someone that hits rock bottom without any uh, reminders. So upon him, what happens? Because it's breaking. You know, a break? Leonard Cohen says, forget the perfect offering. Everyone has their cracks. But that's how the light gets in. When there's a crack, a lev nishba, that's light gets in. When is Leonard Cohen. <laughs> Some people who are hearing this, they think Leonard Cohen is the same line. He's a singer-songwriter. I happen to know, a very interesting guy, his life was broken many times, but he sings about it. He made depression popular through his songs. In Europe, he's like God. 
Here he's also very big. He's very big. He's one of the best, a poet. He's a real poet. He's a real Jew also. He writes songs that are his beautiful songs. Yeah. He has a song in the Sanatekev. He's like a real Jew. But he, uh, you know, it's very interesting. He's an anti-establishment Jew. <laughs> Put it this way. Um, you think he's clinically, yeah, he has some very dark sides to him. Uh, he, but he deals with it. He, he turned it into, I'm telling you, he glor- not glorified it, but he made it to talk about. He sang about it, so it gave a lot of people the courage. That type of, it's not a dark secret, you know. So Al Kaponim, yeah, he's very powerful in that. He writes, the way he expressed, you can see a guy went through it. He doesn't stop, uh, it's not cute. It's dark. He has songs that that can make you cry. He has a song called "Waiting for a Miracle." Basically, the line, the main line of the song is, "I've been waiting half my life away." He's waiting for something to, you know. He's waiting for a miracle. So usually, waiting, you know, you can think the end is going to be great. It's going to be a miracle. By him, is the opposite. The waiting for a miracle. But it's a very, very raw song because you know he talks about his darkness there. He says, he's saying, it's my happiest day. He says, I haven't been as happy like this since the end of World War II. He says, that's the standard of happiness, the day after World War II. That's how dark. Al Kaponim, but the point is that this transforms the heart. From one extreme to the next, because it's broken. When you're broken, a whole new world opens up. Like they say, when you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. Right? Right? Okay. The Kashmir says why most of the Holocaust survivors became millionaires because they have nothing to lose. They took risks that, that the regular average person wouldn't take. He's afraid of death, he's afraid of losing his money. As we see in actuality, by true Balichuva. I wonder what means Balichuva that are not Amitim. <laughs> That they completely get transformed, completely transformed. Through and through, their whole essence, their whole muhus. Through the profound bitterness, the profound sadness, and thirst in their souls. Excessive thirst in their souls. Wow. Okay, this is all a beard of Azair, first Hey, how do you like that? These are these are uh, jewelry. <laughs> That's what he says. Let's see. We'll soon see why. Yeah, because you think jewelry is what beautiful? Jewelry comes from tears, my friend. What do you think jewelry is? And and the Rebbe Rashab, you have no wonder. They got it from the same source. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, look, Rabshirin Bayechay. Actually, when you read it, you don't feel any pain. The last uh, twenty-five lines have been quite uh, sad. Rabshirin Bayechay. It sounds nice, like the mother is dressing up the child to go to school. Yeah, but he's going to explain what this means. and this is the kishutim. The ornaments. Like for example, the primary takshit, the primary, what's a takshit? The primary uh, jewelry, ornament. 
are, are precious stones and pearls. And their primary value, what's the value of, of a, a piece of jewelry, a value of an ornament? Is the chidusha behem, that they're unique, that they're a novelty. Not that a piece of dust, not something that's available. They have to be uh, exotic. Okay, here he's saying like, you know, that it radiates, you know, talking about stones that actually shine, glow. That a stone, which is just an inanimate stone and that doesn't have anything, here it's yoyer, it radiates. That radiates so much. Like it sells elsewhere. So he's not talking about the, the, the bear's manipulation of diamonds and making them exotic and unavailable. He's talking the fact that jewelry actually shines, glows, is, is unnatural to usually inanimate things. So that is what makes them valuable. It's interesting. That's he's comparing to Kishutin. Same thing as transformation of darkness to light. That the heart of stone of the animal soul that the, that the, the stone, the heart of stone of the animal soul is transformed to be a kala, to be kali shari, shari meaning a, a uh, kala is a, literally a bride, but means that kala is in, yeah, from Lush and kala that it's like its heart goes out, its soul expires, it goes out, it, uh, it, how do you translate close? Well, the Expiration of the of the of the of the spirit. Olavavim from my heart. The imchalei chafatsti. Shari means I think flesh. I guess so. Olavavi and the heart. The imchalei chafatsti, and I want nothing lechafatsti. Imcha, and without you, I don't want anything. V'zeh nikrekishutim. This is called the ornaments. Uh-huh. You wouldn't really see that in the Zeher on your own, would you? In other words, remember, we're not talking here, child. We're not talking here, uh, Madison Avenue and uh, Saks Fifth Avenue. We're talking here, real kishutin. Someone says, "What's really precious? Precious something that new, some transformation took place." So, just like a stone would not on its own radiate, here too, the chiddush the transformation, is what's called the kishutin. So Bina is causing Malchus to have this. Okay. However, also for this, you need to have the heart of stone has to open up, has to be opened, has to be receptive. That it should feel the compassion that is being had on its soul. In other words, this is all true. Bina, the source of our soul, is giving us this compassion. But you have to be receptive and open to it. It's interesting what he's yeah, saying who's now. Here? Who's the receptor here? Is this yeah, the beast. Hmm. Let's see. Let's read it. But Pashtas, what's going on here is a two-way street here. There's what you... That, that there's your... We're not talking about how it's getting awakened yet right now. Right now he is talking, he spoke about how the divine soul and then the animal soul both feel their distance, each in their own way. 
the animal soul feels extended, he becomes completely hopeless, and that breaks him. The question is, what awakens this? We'll soon see. But it's clearly he's talking about that sensation. Clearly also there's something coming clearly that's coming from a higher level that's awakening you. At the same time, you need to do something. That's really... But we're talking about the person. It's a nefesh. It's a live nefesh. It has awareness. Yeah. Never. No, in this case it could be no, but the, but the animal soul can just feel hopelessness. When you feel hopeless, you do something. You because of because like like in the case what I told you with David Carr, you feel hopeless. You feel like your life is over. How it's coming, we don't know yet. He didn't discuss it. It is coming from something above. He's saying it's coming from above, but you also need to have an openness from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Let's, we'll soon see. He said that also in previous chapters. Remember he said it comes from Tata gives the power, Elul, but you have to have something from you. Look, it's very hard to say. When your soul wakes you up, is that coming from above or is it coming from you? You can't even know. You woke up one morning and you said, you know what, enough, enough, I'm going to do something. Is this uh, uh, from above or from below? I think it's a combination. Above sends a, no, a, a voice to you. But you have to do something. The voice can come, you can ignore it also. That's what he says, you have the thought, that will come from above. But you have to do something. It goes both ways. What, which one starts, which one ends, we'll soon see. Let's see how he develops it. is saying, In other words, it's not just that the mother is going to kishutin. You need to have the heart, has to, the heart of stone has to be open. Psychos. Let's put it this way. Let's say, let's for argument's sake say, a child comes home completely dirty, hurt. The mother comes and soothes the child and starts dressing it up nicely. So the mother is doing it. But the child has to also do something to be receptive to it or else it won't really have an impact. So it sees the compassion. So when we feel, when you see someone showing you compassion, it has to be some type of psicha. A sense of compassion that it, went, that it descended into a deep pit, to a deep valley, a deep, a deep hole. I'm sorry, from an igrarama, that it descended from a high heaven, from a high firmament place. It doesn't say the second half, down below. And should be truly bitter, embittered, or impained. And now he goes the other way. And this comes through the transmission of the 13 attributes of compassion from above that cause the heart to open up. These are the 13 compassion. Attributes of mercy, compassion that radiate in the month of El, like it says elsewhere. And they're also a state of Kishutin. Like it says elsewhere, the reason, just like a Tachshit, an ornament, does not become one, it's not becoming, you're not, it's not part of the body, it's a garment. Same thing with the 13 compassions of the 13 attributes of compassion. They don't become yet one, unified, completely integrated. The 13 attributes 
of compassion, Yom Kippur, they become Misatzim. Misatzim is more than integration. It becomes completely, essentially one with Malchus. But the 13 attributes of compassion in El that, are to, that awaken on Tshuva, they do not yet become a completely uh, unified, internalized, essentialized. That's why they're still called Kishutin. Because they're like out, they're outside, they, they, they definitely beautify you. They're ornaments, but they're not one with you. They're not, you could basically take them off as well. This is the Aveda of the meaning of what he says, the transmission of Bina to Malchus. This in Aveda is the transmission from above that awakens with Pesachis 11, opens up the heart, to leave its state of exile and captivity. And the awakening of the intense desire that comes through the bitterness and the compassion at least. As a result of the root of the soul, it has in it, the soul has in it a yearning, a state of yearning of with all your might to go out that's a level of ima be'etzem, bina. Is this through avodah? Sure. I don't know. It doesn't say through avodah necessarily. No, it doesn't mean. But it means in avodah, this level, bina malchus. What does it mean in avodah in the in, in the service? Not that it comes through avodah. It means in the level of avodah. Okay. So this is the beginning of Ima, Be'etzim Sheshes Galashen Hashem. This is Ima, the revelation of Ima means the revelation of the root of the soul that has in it this constant, powerful yearning. So it means like the lamp. What? Uzifas means like the lamp. Lend? Yeah. What does lend mean? Borrow, lender? I don't know. I don't think so. Uzifas Mano. What it says is that Ima, the, the mother, the Bina, Uzifas, a garment, Vikishuta. I need to know what the word Uzifas means. Uzifas. It, it sounds like empowerment, actually. Is that there should be a that through the Medirus there should be a Rotse. In other words, the mother, which is the root that has this, is doing something to the soul that is manifest in Golos, that's down below, that it should have the Rotse through its bitterness and its distance and the awakening. There should be a Rotse. Should be a a, desire, a yearning through its bitterness on its distance, and an awakening of these abundant compassions. It looks like he's saying that mana is maybe the rotze and the kishute is the sederus. and this is the yinavadenu zenu. Let me just say this. 
it's not he's not spelling out exactly who's doing what, but clearly you're dealing with a dual effort here. As you said, there has to be some receptivity. If the child doesn't want to receive his, at the same time, it's the mother. The bina is definitely the one that's dressing up the the, the malchus. So clearly, you're dealing here with, you know, some type of awakening. You resp- responsive to it. You sense distance. He's not getting into who starts the process. He didn't say who initiates. It's not relevant here. It's just that there is an initiation, and these two are interacting. So clearly, Malchus on its own cannot do most of this. Malchus, the best it could do is cry out. The best it could do is say, I hit rock bottom, I'm, I'm it's hopeless. Even that probably also comes because your Sheresh and Hashem is senses something. Fine. So, but then the process of exactly how this manifests and becomes a full reality is a combination. Bina communicating to Malchus. So however it happened, whether you woke up one morning and it's coming from you, or that itself came from above, the question is what happens next? What happens next is that Bina and Malchus have an interaction, and Malchus is receiving a maturity, and reaching the level of this maturity, but he says here, Adain, through Bina. And he explains it in Aveda here. This can be explained in many ways how this happens. I guess each of us can apply it to ourselves. But clearly this is a process of you feeling, of a person feeling distant, very distant, to the point of complete hopelessness, etc. And all that is the process of, and then doing something with it. That's like Elul and then Tishrei. The two stages where one is still a garment and the other becomes one with you. So now he's saying this is now Adenu Zenu. All this is Adenu Zenu. What's Adenu Zenu? That also Malchus is called Oden. Oden is a power, is a master. Because Malchus is not a master. We said Malchus is the low level. It's a bass. It doesn't have anything of its own. It's weak. But no, it's being empowered by Bina to become. What is that in the Nefesh? This is a Ruchnis. What is it translated into the Nefesh? That's when the soul that is manifest in the body, not the soul above, gets awakened through the distance, through Tshuva Amit is true Tshuva, in a yearning and a thirst. So it too becomes a level of Tchura, of the masculine, meaning here Tchura means power actually, maturity. So it also becomes of the mashpia of the giver, of the transmitter, and transmits from The bottom line is like this. Let's let let me translate it even even more. Ima bina on its own, a mother on its own, is a mashpia. She gives birth to a child. But being on its own, how far can it go? It can transmit blessings and birth to the next level. There's something Malchus does that Bina doesn't have. Bina is not thirsty. It's not yearning. It has what it has. It has its connection to the divine. It's not distant. Here, the interesting thing that Malchus has, that the Bas has, and that's where the whole thing comes down, Remember, let's go back to the picture, Lifnia Tzimtzum. Atmos, okay, is altogether in a different reality. Eirein Sof is completely connected. There's no Rachamim there. 
So Rachamecha Harabim is God's compassions. I mean, so it doesn't has no distance. That's what I wanted to say. Rotzen, the next level, which is Rachem Aleinu, is okay a desire for existence. So there's already an existence in a distant way. Shir Atzmebikeich now becomes a state where we're talking about the details of existence. That's the Fnei Atzimtzum. How all this in Malchus in the lower level? Lower level is the soul as it is in its source, no problems. But Achamecha Arabim is there some revelation? The beginning of its connection to existence, fine. But then comes it's now Esosphere Sagnusis, or the lowest level, it's now existent, relatively speaking. Here, you need to have a Deinu Zenu. The Racham Aleinu, that transcendent force, that's the Ratzin, gives power to the Neshama as it's inside his body and the animal soul. And this in turn creates this yearning and thirst to the point that it can, it can, it can re, it, it gets Adeinu Zenu it becomes a level of Adain, it, it, it connects to its source and becomes like the source to the point that it transmits. It's become now a mashpia. It's not just a makabal. So basically, that's a story of existence. This source creates something that's nivdal matzmuse, as he said earlier. And this nivdal matzmuse, this is the hisbonanus of Birchus Yetzer, we're up to now, Adainu Zeno. The hisbonanus of creating such power in a distant reality. That's essentially what he's saying here in just in short. He spoke about it in real dark Aveda here. Now clearly he's not talking about Malchus Datsilis here. He's talking about Malchus Datsilis as it affects us down below because this type of richuk of hopelessness you're not going to find in Datsilis. But in Aveda, this is how it manifests. So but Dakus, the Dakus, all this is rooted up there, but this is how so this is Adenu Zeno. That's why saying Rotsen here. What's Rotsen? Rotsen is the level of Rachem Eleinu, remember, in the macrocosm. And here is the level of Keser Malchus. Adenu Zeinu is already how it's coming into the place where you're distant. So at least you connect it to, the, to Bina. Rotsen here being like Bina. But the truth is, Adarab, this lower level actually reaches now deeper than Rotsen. Why? Because of the thirst and hunger, there's a more intense thing. And it's called Adenu Zeinu. Why not just call it Aden? Because it's Uzenu. How would you translate Adenu Zeinu, the master of our strength? Adenu Zeinu, the Har, the master of our strength. Okay, so it's also Adenu Zeinu. It's not just a level that you become Aden. It's giving strength. It gives power to the soul. I would say this Adarabe. You want to know what I would say? If I was Lula Mistapina, I would say that Adenu Zenu, Shiraz Mebekeach, reaches deeper than the Rotsen. It reaches to Kedem Alesa Rotsen, to the Eirein Sof. And even to Atzmus itself. Because that's the Kavona. Like before we said, not Tchelosen Besefon. 
So it begins, who, who's going to awaken when a person is in a dark place, you need something, so your Sheresh Neshama throws in a thought of tshuva into you. But then when you start feeling it, the, the, the thirst and the, the distance, the passion that you get from that is going to be far greater than the Sheresh Neshama. You're going to go a lot further, you're going to go right deeper because you're looking for much more. The Sheresh Neshama is more or less satisfied. He doesn't say it specifically, but um, it sounds to me because he says That's what he's saying. But now he's going back, and now he says like this, and this is Ozenu. This gives power to leave lotzes. What's a good word for lotzes? To escape, run for your life from the from the shiflus, from the lowliness, and the distance. and he becomes a container for the divine, for godliness. to bolt, to bolt. That's a good one. La madregas now is biyesed to be a container to God is the highest levels biyesed, very high, increasingly high levels. Hainugam lebchinas edus shalamaylam bchinas akelim. Yeah, clearly he's on there. Even to the energies that are higher than the containers, because you see binas in a container. Okay, good. For edus we can also say this is an interesting chapter. Aveda. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna continue if you you know I'm gonna summarize it on Sunday. For eight years later, we can also say what time is it? Hmm? What time does we begin? For eight years later, we can also say Inyan ha hamshacha bimbina lamalchus. So this is one explanation. Another the Inyan the hamshacha the transmission from bina to malchus the hine malchus the Inyan kabosel malchus shemayim. Malchus is the level of Receiving the yoke of heaven, accepting the yoke of heaven, Kabbalah's El Malchoshamayim, is the literal translation. What it really means is subjugating yourself to something higher than you, the reality that's higher than you. If you do it, the Kabbalah's El Malchoshamayim, and we know, and it's known, that in Kabbalah's El Malchoshamayim, there are two ways. As it's known, the difference between of all year round and the one of Rosh Hashanah. We learned this earlier also, at the end of one of the Mamorim. All year round, it's a concealed power faculty that doesn't have any revelation. So even though No, no, I understand, I understand. But it's not revealed. What's the Imhayes? What's the Imhayes? He says it's not revealed. Nothing. It's, it's not revealed. So what? So what's, what's the question? So why is he say it's not 
So the email yes, and even though he doesn't, it's not in a form of of uh, imposition and compelled and forced. And in a form more like an evid, like a servant before his master. That he constantly has a, has the, the the responsibility and the fear of his master. Yeah, of course not yeah. Because he's feeling, he's feeling his master. So it's not Nelam Tarot. Well, what's the ends of the Derech El is what bothers me. I understand that. If he just said, Fine. In other words, he's trying to say that it's just a natural subjugation. No, the opposite. The, the opposite. The opposite. No, this is what's happening here. If, it's just, what, 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 if he just said, There's no giluyim. If there's no giluyim, you have to force him to do it. If he feels something, then, then he's not, it's not bederech So there is some sort of his galus. No, 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 no. I think it's the exact opposite. What I just said is correct. That, 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 that it's true. What, what, what means all year round he doesn't feel anything? There's no, you don't feel a bit. You're just naturally like an evet. So there's no feeling of oil. That's what he's saying. Yeah, he says, yeah. We all look vital. That's what we're basing it on. What what you say? One second. No. It means he has a natural. There's no not Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. You sense a, an awesomeness. You're not the regular day. Let, let, let me let, let, let me explain it. You, let, you, you, you're a servant. That's your job all year round. Every day you go in and you bring food to your master. You have your job to do. There's no gilly Kabbalah sale because it's just coming naturally. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Now the Odin is in a higher state, and you feel now it's like a special day. You're not just a regular day of serving. Kabbalah sales is begili, exactly. It's shining. And re- the rest of the time, it's just part of your natural process. That's what he's saying here. For sure is what he's saying here. So he says, That's the point. That's the answer. Exactly, to the question. No, where's the Izgalus? There's no Izgalus. It's every day. That's exactly the point. He doesn't force himself. He's yeah. as a king. I don't see how, how else can you interpret it. That's why he's motivated because there's certain there's certain galus. That's why he's motivated. He's motivated because 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 he's when you don't feel it's ale and a hechrich, is that a gili of Kabbalah sale or a helm of a Kabbalah sale? It's not a Kabbalah sale. There's, it's a certain, it's a it's a certain motivation to do it. It's a certain motivation to do it. It's not totally forced to do it. So, so the, so, because there's certain scholars there. So that's not Kabbalah sale. He's talking about the gili of Kabbalah sale, not the gili of doing something. He's talking about the gili of Kabbalah sale we're talking here. What? Of Kabbalah sale? 
He's going to explain what this galus is. We don't know the two or three lines. Yes. Yes. Okay, let's see. Let's see what's going on. The Aveda is something that's revealed. It means that the faculties, the revealed faculties of the mind and the heart, that's the regular Aveda all year round. Oh. All year round, it comes as a uh, simple passage. The Aveda there is thinking and feeling and so on. Rosh Hashanah, the Aveda is Kabbal Selmach Shemaim. The Kabbal Selmach Shemaim, the Rosh Hashanah, who bizgal primis v'atzim is benefesh, because it's nisina mesida b'chol etzim nafshe. The Kabbal Selmach Shemaim of Rosh Hashanah, its acceptance, is the revelation of the inner and essential elements of the soul. Nisina mesida, that he completely dedicates and commits himself the whole essence of his soul, he gives and commits himself. He gives himself, he commits himself, and offers himself to godliness. In two lines, he said the word three times. This whole essence and personality in an inner bitl. The only thing is not it's not like an excited form. The Baderachal in a Kabbal Shel Shmaich ain't a Bispalus. Kabbal Shel Shmaich is not a Veda Bispalus, like with the mind and the heart, you get excited. But nevertheless, it's a very deep commitment. It's a complete devotion. Devotion by nature is not Bispalus. Ain't a Bispalus, Lishazabchin is Bittl, because the state of Kabbal Shel Shmaich is not about you dancing and, and, and celebrating, it's about giving yourself. And giving yourself is not with uh, fireworks. Okay, before we continue, so how does we how does this help us understand? He's speaking two types of kabbalah shmachal. Let's say all year round and Rosh Hashanah. All year round, it's the foundation of what we do, but you don't focus on it. That's what I, I would understand here. There's no hisgalus. That's not, but not Kabbalah Shel Machal Shemayim. That's not the Avedah Kabbalah Shel Shemayim. No, 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 no. That's the exact opposite. Rosh Hashanah, the Avedah, all year round there's no Avedah Kabbalah Shemayim. I'm not talking about Avedah Ani and Enzeh. All year round your Avedah is, you're just basically a servant to your master. There's no El Vehechrich. That's our understanding. There's no El Vehechrich. It's a bit, it's like basically the general bit that every morning you're, you're dedicated to God, but you don't focus on the devotion. You focus on what's the gluim, your mind and your heart. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Kabbalah Sel Machal Shemaim is the Aveda. What's the Aveda? To work on that devotion from the it's et's premius of your heart. It's like renewing the contract with God. All year round, you don't renew the contract. That's what he says. The Imayes is not so clear to me, but I think that means there's no there's is a gili adam, and that you don't have to force yourself without. Maybe. But, that, but then it continues. It's, okay, fine. But the Havana for sure is this way. The question is how you read the words. I'm not positive. Okay, fine. There is no Aveda. It's Behelem. He says the Kabbalah Shemach all year round, but it's Behelem. I'm saying it's like that. It's not like you're standing in front of the king and renewing the contract. That's what you do on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, you are working on your connection to the bittel, to your God. 
Remember, he's not talking about people that don't have bitl altogether. He's talking about the question is only whether you work on the bitl or you don't work on the bitl. You definitely have it. Let's, let's not forget that. That's a given here. Now he continues now. This bitl does not, however, have necessary spilas. Because in bitl, there's an advantage of even on which is the intense, the powerful love. The b'chol because Kabbal Shalom is the complete, what we translate it, the complete commitment, the complete putting, giving of yourself, placing yourself aside. However, on the other hand, in the excitement of the yearning and getting close meaning in Giluim and Skalos Nafshi, encompassing of his soul into divine, B'zei Yesh Yisrin, there's an advantage of this, uh, this, this intense love of the desire of the heart. And there's a Maila Bispailas. What's the Maila of Bispailas? Because that has a stronger gili, meaning you feel it more, you sense it more, you feel excitement. And it has a higher revelation. In other words, in Etzem, you have more of the Etzem in Kabbalah Sel Machashamayim. But in Giluim, you have more in the Spilus. What, what are you saying? We're talking about Rosh Hashanah. We're not talking about all year round. What are you connecting here now? We're talking now, Rosh Hashanah, David is, is Kabbalah Shel Machshmaim. He's just saying, it's not his spilus. It's Begili, but not be his spilus. I don't know what you're saying right now. You're confusing things. This, what we just spoke about Rosh Hashanah, David is Begalus Primi Atzmi Benefesh. That's what he says. All year round, Chabal Sale is not the Aveda Gili. It's Aveda's premium. Hold, hold on, he just said, no, 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 he didn't say that. He said, he says, Rakshayna be spilus benefish. Chabal Sale is not his spilus benefish, but it's Gili in the nefesh. Of course it's Gili. Then he says, there's a mile of Bittl of Chabal Sale because it's a deeper Bittl. And there's a mile of Avaraba because it's deeper Gili. But they're both Gili. One is a gili of his pilots, one is a gili without his pilots. That's the simple, what he's saying here. Read the last line on the bottom. Also yeah. And in general, this is the, it's a level of closer, more closer. Because Kabbal Selmach Shemayim emphasizes the distance. It emphasizes the bitl. Spilus emphasizes that you're there also. You know, you're feeling it. I love. Basically, Kabbalah Shalom Achimam is Yira, and 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 Avirabe is Ava. This is, however, all Rosh Hashanah here. He's talking. So the whole year round. Whole year round. No, I don't know. He doesn't say Avirabe. Whole year round, you're working Keiches Galuim alone. In Mitzvah, you'll get to Avirabe. Rosh Hashanah, I would say both are higher. Both the Kabbalah Shalom is Begili, and also Avirabe is higher. No, he doesn't say that. Makes you the feel of... He doesn't say that here. 
He doesn't say when the Avarab is. He just says, he compares it. To me, it's Mashman. I would say the opposite. The Rosh Hashanah Kippur, you have his Galus more and you have Bittl more. You have everything more. You know, generally speaking, for example, Rosh Hashanah Kippur is called Yemini Smeli Tachas Lereshi Yemini Tachak So Rosh Hashanah Kippur, Yom Noroyim, is more focused on Kabbalah Samach Shemayim. Sukkis is more focused on the Ava. That's Bechlal, what it says in Ksidus. Because you stand in front of God in Yom Kippur, you don't start dancing. But later you dance when you leave. So the point is, basically, he, the qualification here I don't think is... Let, let's see where he's going here. What he wants to go on is really explain another beard in Habina, Mashpia, and Malchus. Let's not forget our, uh, our, our goal. Right. Basically, with the mile of Giluim and Etzm, okay. He's talking about Shoshan. And this, then, in order for this Kabbal Shalom to be revealed in his Nefesh, with this giving over and commitment and devotion, Amit is true commitment and devotion. That's the transmission from Bina to Malchus. That's what Rosh Hashanah Kippur. That Bina, that Malchus, which is Bederech Klal Bittl, should have a Gili. So Bina gives into Malchus a Gili of Kabbalah Sel Malchus, which happens in Rosh Hashanah Kippur, not all year round. Wow. All in two words, Adenu Zenu. I would have loved to see the Rebbe Rashab say Adenu Zenu. How many hours did he sit? Always bonus Nadeinu Zeno. So the first interpretation of Nadeinu Zeno, what was he saying, was the power of the neshama gives us the power to be, even when we're distant, that we feel that's the kishutim strength to be, to be on that level of closeness. Here he's saying, a little deeper, he's saying that the Kabbalah's Elov Malchus comes alive and revealed uh, through Bina. The Malchus should be in the level of Oden. That Malchus shouldn't just be this recipient from a distance of Kabbalah say like all year round. It should be in a state of desire of the desire of the heart. That's the, the super rational desire of the heart. Does he mean Avarabi here? I don't think so. Let's see. And from this transmits Uzainu. Our strength, al derechu nesen eiz v'sad sumes la'am. Like al derech, when we say yeah, he gives strength and power, support to the nation. She yigamkim b'chinis tchar. They should also be in the level of tchar, like a mashpia, zochar, masculine. Li yislamat the gamkim b'chinis teikav harotze b'shuva habob b'chinis adichu kakaponim. One second. They should also be below in a state of intense yearning with shuva. Habo that comes from the level state of distance at least. Which is the Indian of Bakashtim that he searches and seeks them out from there. Or in a state of revealed in the soul that comes in intense and very strong and very, very powerful. I think he's summing up both interpretations here at once. One is connected to the distance. Yeah, 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 he's going back. Bottom line, Adenu Zenu, is it Uzenu to take us out from the darkness and distance? 
or is it Uzenu to reveal the Kabbalah sale, Machel Shemaim Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur? Those are the two interpretations. That's what he just said now. That's the Oi. Oi, in other words, Zichel Kapam, that's one. That's a lower level. Or, like he just explained, the second interpretation, that's Kabbalah Shemaim, that that should be revealed and very intense. Both of them is being a, uh, communicating to Malchus. It's basically, you know what it is? It's being a Malchus all year round and being a Malchus Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. That's what he's saying here. You know what, here I will stop. Because this is now already a new subject. Let's stop here. Okay, because now he's going to, this really is going now back to the whole Malchus of Atzillus. So bottom line is, he explained that Deinu Zenu, two interpretations of Bina giving power to Malchus. One is how the soul is manifest in the body to the point of a sense of distance, the animal soul, the, the divine soul's distance, the animal soul's hopelessness, and elevating it to the point where it becomes like Bina. And then the second level is basically Roshayim Kippur, the Gilui of Kabbalah Selmachsram, that Malchus should have not just plain passive subjugation, but it should be a passionate, well, I'd say passionate, not exciting, but a, a revealed devotion of recommitting from its essence to the divine. And we'll stop here. You want to, Avram, you want to, uh, so we did chapter, one second, chapter 77, pages 143.